I'm surprised that things are not a lot worse. I'm struggling at the moment to come up with things to talk about, which would suggest that I shouldn't be talking at all, but I like talking as well. And I've got 30 minutes to kill as I drive home. And uh, being a law-abiding citizen these days, I pulled over to start the video. You can't handle a phone while you're driving. But, you know, I've got nothing to talk about, but I thought, well, I'll give myself a topic and then just see what comes up of it. And so I'm surprised things are, all not, things are not a lot worse than they are. Uh, and uh, in saying that, you know, what I'm getting at there is that most of the commentary that comes to me, and not a lot comes to me actually, but I listen to the BBC World Service and to a goddaughter mostly. I don't hear much from anybody else. Occasionally I see some news. I don't hear much commentary from anyone. So, you know, as I always say, not on social media, and I don't count this as social media, believe it or not, even though it's YouTube, because I don't talk to anyone on it, except myself. So that's not very social, is it? Okay, but, alright, oh, here's, here's my perspective for the day. For example, we had the riots. America recently, uh, just a few days ago, and uh, the immediate reaction by everyone I think was, wow, that's bad, but I'm surprised <laughs> that it wasn't a lot worse, given everything, you know, you can put a positive spin on these things, you know, um, quite a long time ago, with my goddaughter, who I mentioned, um, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk of transition of power uh, from Trump to Biden being one that might bring America down in short order, which it still might. Look, if America goes down at this point, it's to do with reasons that go far deeper than just Donald Trump being a bit grumpy about not being able to be a um, president for life, you know, uh, if, if a single man like Donald Trump can bring down America, then uh, it deserves to be brought down, you know, that means its institutions weren't strong enough to withstand even a Trump attack on its much-vaunted democracy and all that sort of stuff, you know. Alright, so if America crashes out of the game, American democracy crashes out of the game as a result of Donald Trump, for example. Well, it wasn't about Donald Trump at all, was it? Um, it was um, America 
crashes out in that scenario because it deserves to crash out. But at the moment, it's not crashing out. In fact, um, from what I've heard from Joe, Joe Biden over the last few days, he's making wonderful speeches um, that uh, he's giving America its best shot as far as I can see. Now, obviously, I'm not a Democrat supporter and I'm not a Republican supporter because I'm appalled by American politics all round, you know. Um, but quite a while ago, when chatting with my goddaughter, um, we were kind of taking bets on how much of a drama was going to unfold if Trump should lose. And as a result of Trump losing, um, you know, and I said, I reckon, um, you know, I often get my predictions wrong. I predicted Hillary would win last time, and then Donald Trump won. Um, so I'm not a very good predictor of things. In fact, half the time, I like predicting the most unlikely scenario, because then if you're right, you sound like a great, a great prophet. Alright, so, um, but I said, I don't, you know, like everyone's saying that it's just going to be, there's going to be, um, civil war breakout if Donald Trump loses. And, uh, you know, spurred on by Donald Trump himself. You know, a lot of people were predicting that, you know. Um, in fact, on both sides, um, I think a lot of Trump supporters were kind of suggesting, were they not? I don't know. Um, I only hear secondhand, really, because I'm not on social media. And listening to the BBC World Service, you're not hearing a lot of commentary. All you're hearing is the BBC interviewing one party and then another party, and then it's all like this great big um, curiosity mission, you know, the BBC World Service. Yeah, it's like the BBC World Service has no opinion on anything. And they're just interviewing people left, right, center, all around the world, all the time, ever curious, always curious, and never actually um, listening. Yeah, and I think that's great, the way the BBC World Service does that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they say, um, you know, Watergate, you know, they might do start interviewing everybody all over again. People they've interviewed 50 times before in the past, who were there at Watergate? And, you know, the uh, reporter will say, <coughs> excuse me for the croaky voice, BBC World Service might say, oh yeah, we don't actually listen to you, we just interview you, and um, it's not about we, the reporters, listening to you, it's about us just asking you questions that you've told us, to which, you know, the answers to which you have told us before, but we didn't listen, because, you know, whole new, everyone wants to hear the answers again, see if you've changed them a little bit since the last time, you know. Um, Anyway, um, so, you know, my goddaughter and I were chatting, and I was thinking, because I was, from what I was hearing, people were saying, um, 
Donald Trump, and this is people on both sides, as I said, uh, I think Donald Trump supporters would have suggested that if Donald Trump loses and Biden gets in, number one, it's going to be fraud. Now, the funny thing about um, Donald Trump and his base, and this is a really interesting point, I think, is that um, Donald Trump, even before the voting started, did he not pretty much say, you know, this time and last time in 2016, did he not say things like, if, if I so-called lose, you know, if the vote shows that I've lost, it's fraud, if I don't come out on top, it's fraud and cheating. And if I do come out on top, it's not fraud. Is that roughly the message Donald Trump has been giving us all along, even before the voting started? So, let's say in a hypothetical, like, like Donald Trump did say that, you know, before, before the voting even started. If I lose, I haven't lost. Um, if I lose, it's widespread fraud. Um, no matter what happens in the vote, no matter how people vote, I will win in a landslide. Otherwise, it's fraud. You know? Now, that's interesting, you know, the fact that he, he said that before the voting started. Now, theoretically, you know, just to stress test his idea there, um, imagine if all, if um, America then went on to uh, run the most rigorous election that it has ever run. Now just, now, just hypothetical for now. We'll come back to come back to reality in a second. Right. And to remember, Donald Trump has locked that idea in. He's locked it in, and that's really important. Right. Let's just lock that in. If he loses, it's fraud because he will win in a landslide. He will win in a landslide. Right, so if he doesn't win in a landslide, it's fraud. Okay, that's a fact, right? We have to lock that in as a fact. Okay. Now, let's say that America at, uh, then went on to go overboard. Now, I'm not saying they did. But let's say America then went on to go overboard and ran the most watertight election ever, which is possible. They could have doubled the budget for it all, tripled the budget for the entire thing, and run the most wonderful election process ever. Um, every vote validated and all that sort of stuff. They could have put a million people on the case to run the world's tightest election. Hypothetically. Now, if they had done that, and then Donald Trump had lost, well, you've got a disconnect there, haven't you? Because even though in that hypothetical example there was no fraud, and Donald Trump uh, did lose on the count, the fact that has already been locked in is that he has won in a landslide. So in that scenario, logically, he's won in a landslide in the minds of his base, for example, he's won in a landslide, and at the same time, 
he's also lost. So both scenario, both things are true, right? Remember, we locked that other thing in. So what has happened here? Donald Trump has won in a landslide, and he has definitely lost. He's definitely won, and he's definitely lost at the same time. All right. Now, what have you got there? A recipe for civil war, of course. Now, what sort of election was run? Yeah. And, and you would expect many people to die in that scenario. Now, what, what happened in reality, I think, and it doesn't matter whether I'm right or not, see, this is just a hypothetical, because even, see, even that hypothetical, um, that stands true, you know, as a hypothetical. All right, now, um, I think that it was a rigorous election, as far as I can tell. It doesn't matter if I'm right or not. We're just entertaining ideas. We're philosophers. We can do that. But, you know, let's just entertain the idea I'm right. And I can be wrong. But I think it was the most rigorous election that the United States could possibly have put on, given the circumstances. I think there would have been um, errors all around the joint. Jeez, it's hard to count 200 million votes and to not have errors. Or 150 million votes, however many votes were counted. Um, there'll be errors, and there will be fraud too. I actually worked for the electrical, uh, the electrical commission. I worked for the electoral commission, making a bit of extra cash on my holidays once. I was counting votes. I could have lied. There's only so much double checking you can do. Yeah, you know, I've always had Labour votes and Liberal votes, and yeah, you know, I could have just said, ah, oh, well, there's a Liberal vote. He, you know, and I could have just said, oh, I'm going to make that one Labour. You know, just the one vote, you know, just to make myself feel powerful. I could have done that, and that would have been fraud. But had I done that, the fraud would not have been widespread enough for it to invalidate the election. Even if I had um, done it a hell of a lot, there were certain cross-checking mechanisms in place, you know. And, um, and they do a recount if the margins are too close and things like that. They do that, you know, they do a recount even in America in such a case, as they did in Georgia. And if the margins are too close, they say, well, that's within the tolerance levels. You know, that, um, we can't tolerate that because we do accept that there'll be a bit of fraud and all that sort of stuff. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's something to be expected. There'll be error and fraud. So they have this thing called a runoff election in America. And in Georgia, the margins were so close that, you know, even the system itself um, acknowledges that, you know, well, fraud, um, even a minimal amount of fraud could be a problem here. So we'll have the election again, a runoff election. And they had that, and this time Biden won, you know, on the vote at least, you know. But all right, let's get back to my point. I think that the election that was just run, you know, I think all the election officials, Republican and Democrats, because in the Democrat-led states, the ones who had Democrat, how does it work? It doesn't, you know, it's not my business, but, um, because Australia is my business, not America. But um, I think the Republicans run the election process in the Republican-held, states and the democrats run the elections in the democrat held states but the point is i think everybody knew 
that this election was going to be challenged one way or another. How did they know? Because Donald Trump said he wasn't going to accept it. So, from what I've heard, um, people were taking a lot more care than they even do normally uh, because they knew that there were probably going to be legal challenges to the vote if they didn't go Donald Trump's way especially. So, there are plenty of... Um, there was plenty of evidence um, of people carefully stacking votes that have been counted and shrink wrapping them and labeling them and all that sort of stuff just to make sure that you know just in case there was a recount that they were going to be as accurate as possible i think it was the most accurate election that's ever been held in america because everyone was being hyper careful because Donald Trump had already claimed victory before the vote had even started. So you have to be hyper careful in such a case. So election officials all over um, America were going to extraordinary lengths to make sure that they didn't get egg on their faces, you know, if Donald Trump should challenge the outcome. All right. So I think this election was much more rigorous than most. How does that sound? Even if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter, but let's just hold this one as a hypothetical in your head. Now, if you're the sort of person who says, it was not, you know, then you're not a philosopher, you know. If you're already thinking in your head, what a load of crap. You're not a good thinker, you know, because I'm not asking you to accept this as fact. All I'm asking you to do is take it to dinner. This idea, entertain it. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. And this is what people can't do a lot, I think, these days. It's just entertaining the idea. So all I'm saying now is, let's, right, we entertained the hypothetical earlier um, that it was a perfectly rigorous election. All right, even I don't think that was true, but I entertained it. And I saw that even in the in the situation, you know, I'm, I'm doing reductio ad absurdum, I think they call it. Um, logic here, whatever. I'm not great at philosophy, don't worry about that won't be caught out by me <laughs> but um all right uh, but the point is I spotted how ridiculous uh, Donald Trump's claim was um, by pointing out the hypothetical that if it was a rigorous election a perfectly rigorous election and that Donald Trump lost you know I pointed out how illogical that would be because he would he would have won and lost at the same time so he was being stupid in well no he wasn't being stupid he was just being a, you know the sort of person president Xi is a a, a, a president who wants to rule for life you know, and doesn't believe in democracy you know i've proved that much donald trump doesn't believe in democracy he wants to make america great again but not demo not great in terms of democracy just great in terms of um being number one and winning i think you know on the world stage i think that's what he meant by great i don't think he meant making america great again like it was in 1965 you know, or 1975 or 1955 or at any other time in history i don't think he wanted to bring some past america back again uh, because donald trump uh, because all those americas were democratic and he's not into democracy i think both sides of politics over there would agree with that I think you know because um, nobody wants to uh, even people on Donald Trump's side they don't they, they never did want to um, accept 
the idea of a Donald Trump loss, did they? And if not, well, they don't believe in democracy. And Donald Trump himself definitely did not want to entertain or take to dinner the idea that the election was going to deliver to him anything but a win. So he's anti-democratic. I think we've proved that much. Right, let's get back to entertaining this idea um, of this election having been more rigorous than the last, let's say, 20 US elections. All right, so this is a, this was, a, now, all right, I am happy to guess that it was. Uh, only because everyone knew that there were going to be legal challenges around this and what governor of any state wants egg on his face or her face, you know? Because you'd be world news, wouldn't you? Donald Trump was watching everybody. And if he, if he was going to lose a state or a college, you know, vote, um, everyone knew in advance, everyone knew in advance that if Donald Trump was going to lose, that Donald Trump was, uh, you know, one college vote or one state, you know, your given state knew that he was going to cry foul in advance before the vote even started. So you knew you were going to be scrutinised and if he or his supporters or his people um, even saw one chink in your armour, as far as, a, as running a rigorous election goes, even if Donald Trump and all his minions uh, were to find anything that even was, a, you know, had the sniff of fraud about it, you know, that governor, whether he or she be Republican or Democrat, knew that he or she was going to be world news in a very bad way, and what a way to live the rest of your life knowing that you were the idiot you know, who couldn't prove that you had run a good election. You know, it would stick with you forever. So everyone, I think, was taking undue care. Now, even so, um, and probably, you know, I think there were governors doing all they could. Oh, I don't want Donald Trump to make me look stupid. And, oh, what will I do? You know, blah, blah, blah. All right, I've got my two observers. And then, you know, one's a Democrat and one's a Republican. They're all doing that, you know. And, uh, um, oh, it's so political. Um, there was one governor in one place that put coverings on the windows so the crowds couldn't be in there peering, watching everyone count the vote. Who knows why? I don't know why. Um, this is just one example. Um, yeah, and even, you know, that governor came unstuck, I think. Ah, that's a sign of fraud, what they did. They covered the windows so that we couldn't see the fraud, which is probably not true. And also, they didn't let the observers stand close enough to the tables, you know. All right, so maybe that, you know, so that governor stuffed up. But um, maybe, you know, well, that governor did stuff up a little bit. They probably didn't you know, have fraud going on in there. They might have, I don't know. But the point is, all right, that was one place. But, um, gee, they didn't find much, did they? Trump and his people were desperate to find evidence of widespread fraud. And they're hanging their hat on this. A couple of windows were covered here. And they were supposed to be, you know, we wanted them to be within two metres of the counting tables. And they made them five metres away from the counting tables. Fraud, 
in that one little spot, which might not have been fraud anyway. But the point is, for reasons like that, you know, when Donald Trump, where clearly Donald Trump is clutching at straws to find examples of fraud, you know, that was what you would call an isolated example of what was only possibly fraud, not even definitely fraud, you know, and they're trying to use that and maybe one or two other examples, I don't know, of um, definite widespread fraud, where, as Donald Trump said, I definitely won in a landslide, <laughs> but these examples of fraud, when you extrapolate that over the whole of America, all of America was doing that. Um, so, I think, for you know, all reasons implied, um, that this was a very rigorously run election over in the United States. Now, um, I think, I think, uh, I think that um, Donald Trump, even if you think he won, he didn't win in a landslide, did he? Given the level of scrutiny there was on the election, Democrats and Republicans in every state and all that sort of stuff, observing the count, oh yes, maybe in one place they made them stand too far back so they couldn't quite see, you know, what was written on every single vote and all that sort of stuff. Maybe, maybe not, don't know. But the point is, in general, there was enough observers and enough rigour in the counting process to, I think, prove that Donald Trump did not win in a landslide. Now, the other day, just before the Capitol was stormed, Donald Trump, you know, as part of his um, claims of victory, he claimed victory, by the way, really early in the count, and, and he claimed victory before the vote started, of course, you know. All right, but just the other day, he said, we won in a landslide, we all know that. Well, even if you're a Donald Trump lover, you know, that's a lie. So I'm just teasing out the definite, well, definite, you know, the the things that are beyond reasonable doubt lies. All right, so he didn't win in a landslide. I think he lost, actually. <laughs> when you weigh everything up, yes, some isolated fraud, of course. Remember, if I was in an election, if I was an election official once, and I was counting votes, I could have tweaked a few. And that would have been fraud, but it wouldn't have been widespread enough to bring down the Liberal government of the day, or the Labour one. Same goes in America. This election was, yeah, as far as I can see, run rigorously enough such that even if there was quite a lot of fraud, um, which I don't think there was, but even if there was, there wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, to deliver Trump a win, let alone a landslide. So, you know, that's all rubbish. Now, all right, now, um, now, even given all of that to bring this episode, believe it or not, I'm still remembering how I started this episode out. Given all of that, I said, look, you know, I was saying this to my goddaughter, all right, there's got to be some friction. She said that too. We agreed on all of this, by the way. Um, we agree on most things in the end. Um, I said, whichever way it slices, um, if Donald Trump wins, I predict, you know, there's a lot of people predicting that America will break into civil war. Um, you know, people on the Republican side are predicting that, and people on the Democrat side are predicting that. You know, 
because they're the Republican side. Well, on the Trump side, people are saying if Trump doesn't win, we're going to just start a war. You know, I think they were saying that in their heads. Um, and just for fun, because I like to sort of um, predict the unlikely when I'm hearing this sort of thing, because then if you get it right, you sound like a prophet, as I said. I said, I am going to predict that none of these riots are going to break out now. You know, and I, and I did, and she'll tell you. <laughs> I don't need to prove anything. I'm talking to myself. Um, but I said, eh, you know, there'll be friction, of course. You know, there was friction after the 2016 election. There's friction after every election. I say no more than 10 people dead. And there might be riots or whatever, but I say... Yeah, I'm going to predict that there's going to be no significant... There's not going to be a civil war, I said. Um, I'll predict that. Now, I had no evidence to... You know, I'm no expert, you know, so I didn't know what I was talking about, but, you know, even a pig can uh, make predictions. There, there's a pig uh, in America or Turkey or something that um, has, uh, is famous for having predicted five or six or seven or eight uh, elections in a row, you know, so you don't have to be smart to be a prophet, <laughs> you just be lucky sometimes. Anyway, I said no more than 10. Well, we're up to five so far. Five people were killed in the Capitol riots, the storming of the Capitol the other day. Well, that's less than 10, isn't it? Um, and as I think about that, I'm thinking, it is true, I think. Whenever things seem to be really bad and the world seems to um, be careening <laughs> careering <laughs> towards chaos um, uh, it's you can almost sort of say to yourself well, it could be a lot worse you know, I'm amazed that the world's so good the world's terrible at the moment in many ways, of course, but it's surprising it's not a lot worse. You can say that in any era. You know, if anyone ever comes to you and says, oh, it wasn't that bad, what happened in America the other day, um, storming of the capital, and five people got killed. I was like, well, you know, yeah, that's bad compared to no people getting killed, I suppose, and the capital not even getting stormed. Uh, it's a lot better than civil war breaking out and... 100 million people getting killed, isn't it? Oh, that's just a stupid argument. <laughs> the other person could say, um, and they could be right. But the point is, I had nothing to talk about in this episode, so I thought I'd talk about that. You know, that topic. I had to make up something. You haven't learned a thing, have you? <laughs> Did I just waste your time? Could coronavirus be a lot? Yeah, that's an interesting one because that's really bad it's not bad here in australia we don't have coronavirus here in australia that's this is the way it is we've got yeah nothing what do we got i don't even know maybe we've got 10 cases in the whole country i don't know um i know here in victoria um we've essentially had no coronavirus for most of um, the last extra number of months Maybe three or four months we've had pretty much no coronavirus. Um, yeah, it may come back again. But um, 
So here, it could be a lot worse. So my topic, my episode topic holds, I wonder how many minutes I've done, because it's covered like 32 minutes, that's enough for an episode, surely. Um, so could coronavirus be a lot worse? You know, because people could say, this coronavirus is terrible, that sort of thing. Is this, is this a valid way of looking at the world? Is this say, oh, it could be a lot worse? Or is it just boring and dumb and stupid and very insensitive to people who are suffering? Probably. Um, haven't really thought that deeply about it. Because uh, as you can, as you know, I just thought of a topic and I'm just trying to think of things to talk about around that topic. Right, so, coronavirus, could it be a lot worse? than it has been in 2020. It's 2021 now, it just started 2021. So, you could look at 2020 saying, could it get any worse? And I think uh, 2021 might well provide the answer to that. I may well be dead by the end of 2021. I am in peak physical condition at the moment, happy in a land where there is no coronavirus. And by the end of this year, Australia could well be ravaged by coronavirus and I could be dead of it. So, as we sit here right now, could coronavirus be, you know, is it a shocking thing we are looking at? You know, coronavirus all around the world at the moment. Well, yeah, but maybe 2021 will prove that it's not nearly as bad as it could be. And because already I think mutant strains are developing, um, this could be a pandemic that gets so bad in 2021 that any statement right now, as I sit here, that coronavirus is very terrible, I can already see this is insensitive to people who have suffered due to coronavirus so far in 2020 already. All right, but this is just a, you know, a random philosophical episode. It's not a sensitive episode. Not everything has to be, not everything you say in life has to be always sensitive, especially when you're not doing any planning about what you're talking about. Um, but 2021 well may prove that, as we sit here right now at the start of 2021, that it could be a hell of a lot worse. You know, maybe this is um, as good as it gets. Now, I don't know whether this episode has been a positive one or a negative one. Um, I don't think I should, I'm feeling happy about this episode. Or, or quite depressed. Um, but as I say, I had no ob- uh, objective in starting this episode. Or the only thing I planned was to talk planned to talk, but I didn't know where it was going to go, and that's where it went. The world is pretty bad, Ah, but it could be a lot worse. Yes, I think this episode has been about nothing. That's what most of the world's talking about most of the time. They're talking a lot, but they're saying nothing. I just joined in.